everyone. This is episode 762 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, March 5th, 2021. I am your host, Mark Riznez, and today I'll be talking about Rogue Heroes, Ruins of Tassos. I'm, I'm guessing that's how it's pronounced? Tassos? But that makes me want to say tacos. I would 100% play Rogue Heroes, Ruins of Tacos. That should be an expansion. Anywho, also, Lupiro... Heavy Metal Machines, under the Jolly Roger, not under the Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> that was bad. Effie, me, F me, but the game is called Effie. Anywho, that's what I'll be talking to, but before I get to what I've been playing, I've got some stuff to talk about. So, in terms of Attack the Backlog, I just finished Dark Void, which was an experience. That is one of those games that has a reputation and definitely is not considered to be a great game by most. I'm sure there are some people who do enjoy it, but it's one of those games that I've always been curious about. I've thought about it regularly for the entire time between now and its release. Regularly is a stretch. I've thought about it here and there. It's something that I've occasionally remembered. Oh yeah, Dark Void. I'd like to actually finish that game. So I finished that uh, as the last game I played. And yeah, that was a that was an experience. A lot of anthem vibes going on in it too, and not just the whole jetpack aspect of it, more than just that. But after that, I'm not sure where I'm going to go. I might play some Vanquish, but I did try and play River City Ransom and that did not work out. I was not a fan of that. I, while playing it for the half hour or so I, I played it, I just kept thinking I should just be playing Scott Pilgrim again instead. This is not enjoyable. I got to a section where I was in a warehouse and I didn't know what I was supposed to do at that point. I, I couldn't climb up this warehouse. If I could, I had no idea how I could do it. I finally got to a point where I realized, oh yeah, if I hit these two buttons, I can jump. And then I was able to jump on this one platform, but if I tried to jump on the next platform, I would just hit, I guess, the wall, but it felt more like hitting an invisible wall, and I would bounce back and onto the floor. And I I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I wasn't enjoying the controls or anything like that. So I just left that and said, maybe one day I'll give it another go. I'll look into it. I'll just like play it with a guide or whatever. But now, no, I'm not in the mood to deal with this vague shit. So that is a, a failed attempt at an Attack the Backlog game. But I did keep the footage and will maybe, probably, potentially do the whole behind the scenes, this is me playing this game and why I ended up not going with it for Attack the Backlog as a exclusive little thing for Patreon because that's stuff that wouldn't be normal content. I'm not going to script it out or spend any significant time producing that stuff. It would just be a real garbage dump of content, which seems perfect for Patreon. But yeah, I I don't know what to play next. Vanquish is definitely on the table. There's this indie game I've been curious about for a little bit called The First Tree, where you're a fox, which is on the shorter side. I kind of want to play through Cat Quest 2. Uh, if you've watched all the Attack of Backlog episodes, you'll 
Maybe remember that I did Cat Quest 1, and I really enjoyed that, and I've been wanting to play the sequel for a while, but I don't want to play them back-to-back. So, we'll see where things go there. But I, I also played a bit more Dirt 5 when using my stationary bike, and I... I don't like using the stationary bike. I tried getting a treadmill at one point and it couldn't fit in the vehicle I was in. And I, I thought about getting one shipped, but the place that I could get it shipped from that had free shipping, their return replacement policy seemed iffy. It's not like it was some shady shit. It just seemed like there were a lot of hoops to go through and a lot of bullshit. I... Don't know if this is right, but I feel like I read that in order to get a replacement sent, if what you got was defective, you have to give them a deposit of some kind. And I'm like, fuck that shit. You can have my, or you would have my credit card on file for the initial purchase. And if whatever, I try and screw you over, you'll have that to go with. So don't make me pay more to get this replacement that you owe me for sending me a fucking broken machine. But whatever. Doesn't matter. So yeah. I also dealt with some eBay shenanigans this past weekend. I think it was the weekend. I was watching something that was in France. It's something that is available everywhere. There was a a copy in France that Seemed to potentially go for a little bit cheaper than it would go elsewhere. And I ended up winning the auction. Paid for it. Wasn't a cheap thing. But the day after? Or maybe it was two days after? It wouldn't be this weekend because I'll get to that later why it couldn't have been this weekend. But I got an email from eBay saying the item I recently bought is no longer available on the site And that I shouldn't like, it was a weird thing because it, it told me that the item I purchased is no longer there due to concerns with the seller's account. And when I checked the seller's account, it was no longer there. It was no longer available or whatever. They, they closed it or either eBay closed it. And the email though said, you don't have to worry about anything. You already paid for it. So you should expect it to arrive soon or in some amount of time. I don't know what the fuck it was saying, but it just came across to me from eBay as, hey, this is some shady shit. Probably there wasn't an item to begin with. So we did our thing. They closed their account, blah, 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 blah. But you know what? You should still get this item, even though we think there's some shady shit going on and you already paid for it. We're not giving you a refund or anything. And I just read all that and immediately said, fuck all this shit. I'm going in there right now to eBay and I'm filing a whatever, a not missing package claim or whatever, but just a claim. And I ended up getting my refund pretty quickly. But the the funny thing, weird thing, I don't know what's going to happen with this thing is that I don't remember the order, but it was a difference of minutes. eBay did give me my refund due to the Seller not providing accurate or whatever tracking details. But I did get an email from PayPal for the transaction 
that did provide me with a tracking number. And I checked the tracking number and I checked it today to see if maybe they tried to go back to the post office in France or whatever to get the package back, but it's been picked up by the driver or whatever at this point. So potentially I'm going to get this thing that is not cheap for free. It's not the way I would have wanted it to work out. I, I didn't want this to happen. I would have liked it to just be a smooth transaction, but there was a lot of weird shit going on and yeah, I don't, I've never experienced anything like that with eBay before. It is partially my problem because the seller had zero transactions as either a buyer or a seller. And I understand that a lot of people would say, oh, you shouldn't do that. You should never do that. But everyone has to start somewhere. I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I feel like there are things in place that give me specifically as the seller the or not the seller as the buyer uh the ability to take that risk because they usually favor in the buyer's court so yeah will i ever do that again sure i've done it in the past and it's been fine this is the first time that it was it wasn't it didn't even feel iffy until i got that email so i'm i'm just now curious to see what is going to happen with that package? Because as far as I know, they can't go back to the post office and say, can you, can you give me that back? It's already, it's already in the wild. And if I end up getting it, that'll be amazing. And if I don't, who cares? I got my refund. I don't care. It'll just be like this nice bonus. But of course, this thing that I was looking at and still really want, I'm not going to look at other auctions or whatever until I see what happens with this package because I would I don't I don't I wouldn't want to own two of these. I wouldn't want to pay for two of them, even though I didn't I mean I paid for one of them and then I got that money back. But you know what I mean. Yeah, that was a weird and stressful situation. Then to just continue not talking about the games, I Asked AT&T, my internet service provider, to see if I could get faster internet years ago. And they said faster speeds weren't available in my area at that time. And, and that they would keep me updated on when they would be available. They never did, so I was unsure of whether or not faster speeds were available or they just didn't give a shit and didn't contact me. And so I finally decided, because I just kept putting it off because I don't like to deal with customer service. Who does? And I say that as someone who would be very happy to work in customer service because I do like helping people. But I contacted them to see if I could get the increase in speed. Because when I talked to the person last time, they said yes. They said I wouldn't need any installation, additional installation, to get higher speed from where I was at. I'm on the Internet 24 plan. And it would be the Internet 45 plan, which is like the fastest I can get from AT&T specifically. There's Xfinity, but I'd rather stick with AT&T for certain reasons. But whatever. They said the installation wouldn't be required, even though I could go through the whole process myself years ago and set everything up. But it said I needed installation. I didn't want to deal with that. 
But now I, I contacted them again, and apparently I can get faster speeds. Installation also still not required, but when they tried to do it themselves, they ran into some speed bump and had to contact the technical side of the technical team and they would fix everything for me. No update yet. They said they would keep me updated. They would email me or whatever, notify me when the change has gone through. It's been three days now without any change. However, when I go to my internet detail plan, whatever page, it does show good news. Changes are on the way. Check your order details here. There are no order details to actually see, but there is at least this thing that says something's happening. And if I wanted to change my plan myself, that option is no longer available, but it's just stuck in this limbo thing now. And I, I'm probably going to contact them later today. I'm just dreading it because it's going to be a nothing. I, I know I'm not going to get any information out of them. That's been the whole thing. So yeah, 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 yeah. Any who let's just get on to what I've been playing. A so Rogue Heroes Ruins of Tassos is basically classic Zelda, the over the top Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, the original and all that, meets Rogue Legacy, where you are going through this dungeon, killing enemies, collecting gold and gems, which you use as currency to then Rebuild this town and improve your character to then be able to go back into these dungeons and progress further, defeat enemies easier, and so on. It's on the Switch, that's where I'm playing it, and also on Steam or, or PC, uh, I'm pretty sure. And it has four-player co-op, which is nice, online, offline, and a single-player experience. I was really concerned at first as to whether or not the single player experience would be satisfying or feel like it was a multiplayer first game that really needed that that co-op experience that that it would feel like if you weren't playing it with other people you would be at a significant disadvantage that is not the case at all which was the first thing that pleasantly surprised me but the way it works is that you're this hero and you're on this island, area, whatever. It doesn't matter where you are. But these beings sacrifice themselves to save this... I guess it's called Tassos. I, I didn't really care about the story. But then these titans have started bringing monsters into the world. And if things don't get resolved soon, they'll take over the entire world. So you are tasked with cleansing it and all. And then you have to go through these four areas or whatever. When you are going through the dungeon it's room by room you, you know sometimes there'll be locked doors there'll be some hidden areas the the thing that caught me off guard about the game right off the bat was how satisfying the combat is there is a really nice crunch to every time you make contact with an enemy you feel that hit and it is super satisfying you start off as a base warrior essentially with a shield and a sword and you will unlock new classes as you rebuild parts of the town and i don't even think it's rebuilding them but just building stores so that people will come in and put up shop there 
you're first tasked with creating whatever the the craftswork dude i don't know what his name was uh but you're going through the dungeon killing these monsters collecting gems and when you die you get sent back to your home and then you have all the gems you don't lose any of them when you die you are able to then go to the that initial person to create new shops improve your home and then you can go to those very shops to improve your armor, improve your health, improve your weapon, change classes, etc. When you go back to the dungeon, whatever dungeon you're going to, all the gems you have left over will be removed and you'll start fresh in the dungeon. And it's just a really satisfying game. It, it fits all the roguelite boxes that I really like. It it could end up being one of my favorite roguelites rogue to date because it has what I love about Rogue Legacy in that you have these things that are, are, are constantly progressing as you're playing more and more. I do like being able to improve my character, get more powerful, and all that. Rogue likes like Spelunky, are nice too that just give you the option to create shortcuts and all that. But... I really find the leveling up aspect uh, and, and both building up this town, which is just another thing, which is, it's similar. I guess it's a more tangible, if you want to say, system like in Rogue Legacy where you were leveling up, but instead of having this skill tree, essentially, you have skill trees still in the game, but you are first building out the town. And then in the town, you have these stores, that have the skill trees in them. But it's just a really satisfying loop of, of going to the dungeons, defeating enemies, collecting gems, eventually dying, getting sent back to town, and then spending your gems on rebuilding the town, improving your character, and then returning to the dungeon to do it all over again. And I think the reason why it works as well as it does and is as good as it is is because the core gameplay is so much fun that was my biggest concern it's i don't want to say it's easy to create systems or the the whole leveling system and all that the progression stuff because that's just whatever you put this in place and you can improve your character but if you don't enjoy playing as your character what does any of that matter in Rogue Heroes, Ruins of Tassos is so much fun to play. And I'm a little bummed that I don't I don't maybe I do know some people who are playing it on the Switch. I don't think there is cross play, but it is a game that I would really, really, really love to play with some other people who are friends, people I know, because I would imagine playing this with strangers would be really hectic. I've seen a few clips of people playing it together and it can be really fast-paced, depending on how you want to play it. You can move very quickly. You're very agile, and you could be moving really, really fast. And I, I can imagine that with a bunch of strangers, it could be a nightmare, potentially. But with friends, I think it would be a really good time. It could even... I can't say that so early on. I've beaten Rogue Legacy multiple times. I've recently beat it again on... Rogue Legacy plus whatever. Uh, 
I'm at on the Xbox One. So I've put so much more time in Rogue Legacy. But Rogue Heroes could give it a run for its money. Especially if you're somebody who likes the the way Rogue Legacy and similar games are built up, but you don't like that side-scrolling gameplay and you like the the Legend of Zelda aspect, uh, it's definitely worth checking out. Not sure how much it costs. I can't imagine it's super expensive, so I highly, highly recommend Rogue Heroes Ruins of Tassos. It is going on my short list right now for top games of 2021, which includes, includes, includes Olia and one other game. Where did I even put that list? Where did I put that list? I know I put it somewhere, and I don't know where it is anymore. I'm sorry, list. Did I create a Google Doc for it? Who knows? But then, Loop Hero, speaking of loops, I played on PC. That's right. I played a PC game for the first time in a while. And this is another game about loops, as you might expect from the title, where you are, guess what? A hero who has amnesia or some shit, some spirit woman or whatever brought you back. I don't know. I don't care about the stories of these games. And the way it works is that you start an expedition and the expedition falls upon this path that circles around itself. It's not going to be a, comp- it's not going to be a perfect circle or anything like that. But it's going to be a loop. You're just going to keep looping through this space. And enemies will show up on, on the space. And when they do, you will fight them. But you don't have control over any of your character's actions. Instead, you have a deck of cards. There's a card building aspect of it, a deck building aspect of it, where you take in with your expedition a certain selection of cards. And those cards will be able to show up when you defeat enemies they'll they'll be able to get into your hand and the way you use those cards is to add either resources to the space the environment that you're currently looping through or to add enemy spawn points places that will create more resources or 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 help you collect more resources and so on you'll also collect loot from the enemies that you defeat That is a whole different thing, and you can equip them to your person, your hero. All that stuff, when you finish an expedition or return to your home base, will disappear. You don't keep any of that loop, or that loot. You don't keep any of that loop. You don't keep any of that loot. You you keep the resources and stuff like that, which you use to then build out your camp and create a kitchen or whatever, and bedding for other people and stuff like that. And that is the basic gist of the game. You're going through these loops. I haven't played as much of it as I would like, but you're going through these loops. You don't have any direct control over what's happening, but you affect the world by placing these cards that could just light up an area or they can make more enemies show up. You can create a cemetery, which may have you fighting skeletons. Create a spider nest that will make spiders invade the walking space a haunted mansion or whatever where you'll fight against a vampire and so on and it's 
it's pretty satisfying. It's a, a really good turn off your brain and just kind of... The thing is, as much as I like it, I think I would like it way more if it was on iPad. It just feels like the perfect mobile game. Uh, of course, it would be great on Switch as well, but I think on the bigger screen, it would feel just a bit better to see everything that's going on because the the actual loop space is pretty tiny even on a regular average size monitor because you have on the side the menu that's showing your character their health all the the loot the equipment that you are collecting your current equipped items and other details on the top you have more information on the bottom is where your cards show up so the actual space that your character is moving through is relatively small. And it's really basic, early, PC-esque visuals. But it works with the aesthetic and this sort of old-school vibe of it all. And I, I think for some people, the lack of control over the way battles play out could be frustrating or it could be just not engaging enough. But I really had a good time with Lupero. It can get... A, there, There is a two-time speed, but I kind of wish there was a faster speed to just make it go a little bit quicker. But other than that, I really like it. I think it can feel a, bit, a little bit slow-paced at times, even at two-time speed. Uh, especially if you are going through a lot of loops and high-powered enemies aren't showing up. Because the, the enemies that show up will initially just be the slimes, and then you can change that by adding cards. But then, as you're looping more and more, more powerful enemies will show up, even though your character who has amnesia is like, I don't remember you. How are you showing up on this this run? Where, where did you come from? I don't remember anything like you, which is adding to the story, which I guess is kind of interesting. The, the story that is but yeah, that's on pc i don't know about plans of it being anywhere else but that is another game i'm really liking i, I i'm a sucker for rogue lights and rogue likes loop hair is definitely more of it it's still not full rogue like because you are building up this camp that it has more that's more than just oh here's a shortcut or whatever but it, it's more roguelike than rogue heroes but i am a sucker for any rogue game if your game is a roguelike or a roguelite or has rogue elements i am probably there's a very good chance i'll like it i can't say that i will for sure like it but i will probably like it then Heavy Metal Machines is a free-to-play car combat game, I guess. It's from an over-the-top perspective. and It's very much so a micro-machines type of game. Or that... Oh no, that wasn't over-the-top. I was thinking about this. I think it was called Off-Road Racing. It may have been called... I don't think it was called Super Off-Road. It was different than the name or the game of the same name on consoles at the time, I believe. But it was this old arcade cabinet had four steering wheels on it. And they had one at a local hot dog joint by my grammar school. 
And we'd always go get some fries and then just play this game. And it was super fun, but that was more of a isometric perspective, I believe. But it's very much so heavy metal machines, a take on micro machines. But the, the way it's set up is that there are teams of two. There are two teams. And there is a ball in the middle. And what you want to do is grab that ball, make your way through the track to the opposing team's starting point, their goal, whatever you want to call it, and then fling the ball through there to score points. I think it's the first to three points. I played one game, and we won. I scored one of the goals, and that was enough for me. I wasn't super impressed by the game. I didn't find it particularly enjoyable. But it's worth checking out if you like those types of games. I think, for me, the whole micro-machine system... I, I could have checked to see if there are different control schemes. I just don't like controlling a vehicle in that perspective with just the left analog stick because that's the way it works. You push forward on the left analog stick, that is your gas, and then you turn it to turn the vehicle. The way it works is that the track has a lot of openings uh, between the actual pathway, but if you're holding on to the ball, if you have the ball tethered to you, those openings are now closed so that you have to take the long way there. You can't take any of these shortcuts. But they're open for everyone else so that the opposing team can get to you fast if you're on your way to try and score on them. And the same goes for your teammates to get there and help you out. And that's really all there is to it as far as I could tell. There are various... I don't... I, don't, I guess, yeah, there are various cars and characters associated with them. I think there are different characters associated with them. But each car has different attributes. So they'll have different weapons. Like one might have a spread shot. One will have a little burst gun, a machine gun, uh, a boost, etc. And you could use these to your advantage and, and find the car that suits your play style, of course. But it just... I felt like I got everything I could possibly get out of the game with that first game <laughs> it it was fine we, we we lost the first point and then we won three in a row because uh i definitely to my teammates probably looked like a moron the first time because i just was trying to get a grasp of how everything worked there's a tutorial i think that i went through but i don't know if it really gave me the best idea of what exactly i was doing but i, I caught on quick like I said, I scored one of the goals, which was nice. But yeah, it just it's just not that satisfying of an experience. But at the same time, free to play, that type of game interests you. There's no reason not to check it out. I, I didn't look too in detail as to whether or not there are a lot of icky microtransactions or if you can play it mostly for free and still have an enjoyable experience but i would imagine so i feel like i mean i guess the, the ickiest way a free-to-play game could work is to have things where you pay to win or, or pay to make yourself more powerful that would of course be shitty but then the other thing i think of that is a mobile thing that has never existed on console as far as i know except maybe in Fallout Shelter, is the whole, you can do these many actions, and then you have to wait to get more action points to do more games. Like, you can play five games, but 
your free game counter will reset every 20 minutes. You'll get another free game every 20 minutes, or you can pay to get more. I don't think that's really been in free-to-play console games as far as I know. But uh, yeah, I played that on Xbox One. So real, real vast array of games and platforms today. Got Rogue Heroes, Ruins of Tassos that I played on the Switch. Loop Hero I played on the PC. Heavy Metal Machines on Xbox. And the rest of these games are all on Xbox. Spoilers! But then the next game is Under the Raleigh... <laughs> the Raleigh Dodger. <laughs> Under the Jolly Roger, which you may be able to guess is a pirate game. But it's a... Uh, it's not great. I think it's 15 or $20, and it feels like that. It's... I guess it's reminiscent of stuff sort of like Port Royale where you are the commander of this ship. You can collect more ships and switch between them. But you're just doing... I I guess you're not entirely a pirate. You're just doing shippy things. You're going around collecting resources, trading for resources, and then going to other ports and trading them to try and make money. You will get into battles with pirates and so on. And the ship combat doesn't feel that great if you use there are different types of cannonballs or whatever that you can use to take on an enemy and one of them will allow you to i'm guessing what they're actually doing is destroying the the sails so that the ship will stop in place and then you could board the ship and that is probably the weakest part of the game where you get onto a ship and it turns into this third person action game like a Assassin's Creed or whatever, you're there as a captain with your sword attacking enemies and your AI crew are doing the same thing and it's about whoever survives and still has people alive by the end of it all. Even if you end up losing that fight, their ship will still sink and I guess you just won't collect it or whatever. Cause I can't even remember what happened when I got the ship the, the first time when I, I boarded a ship and, and successfully beat them. But that whole aspect of the game boarding the ship and 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 it becoming a third person action game for that whatever few minutes five minutes that feels really bad it is i almost feel like they shouldn't have even bothered doing that that they should have done something else made it some weird turn-based card-based thing i don't know anything but what they did because they're just trying to do so much and you can tell that they just, I don't want to say they didn't have the chops, but they may have just lacked the resources. You know, maybe they didn't have enough people. But this is a game that is trying to do so much. It's only a gigabyte in size. And it's, it's just not great. It doesn't come together. It should have been a more focused experience. But with them trying to do so much, it means that pretty much every part of it doesn't feel that great because they didn't focus on one aspect of it and it can't compete with similar games. So it's it's hard to recommend uh, because I really didn't like any part of it at all. Yeah. The tutorial was a bit weird too because there's an aspect... I mean, the tutorial is sort of just thrown in there like regular missions and and whatnot where you're at the first island and they have all these things that you can go through but one of the tutorial missions has you damaging your ship 
50% or more and then fixing it. But I've yet to, I've been completing other missions that are not part of the tutorial and I've yet to complete that one to continue with the tutorial because I'm not going to go out of my way to have my ship get destroyed in battle and I haven't gotten into a situation where I've had that much damage done to me. So that is a bit weird. But yeah, I, it's, I, I really wasn't enjoying that. Uh, but again, that is under the Jolly Roger, which I was playing on Xbox One. And then Effie, E-F-F-I-E, is a third-person action platformer that initially uh, was incredibly dark. When I first booted up the game and started playing, I was like, holy shit, this is dark. I can't see anything. And then I paused it so that I could go into the settings and change the brightness. But you know what? You can't do that in the settings. To change the brightness in this game, you have to back out to the main menu and change it there, which seems weird because you can see what the brightness is doing to the menu background, but you can't see what it's doing in-game. Really weird. Don't understand why that's the way it is. But after doing that, because I was like, if there is really no brightness at in this game, I am not going to change the brightness of my TV for this one game just so I can play it and see if it's even worth playing. Because that's some old bullshit. But you can change the brightness in the main menu. But not in-game. Very weird. But when I return to the game, the whole story is that you're some dude who is real strong and you're kind of flipping or whatever. Some woman asks you for help and you're like, fuck off, woman. And... She turns out to be a witch. She curses you with old age. And then she curses the entire land or whatever. So these higher beings, or you know that these higher beings are the only ones who could reverse the curse. But they say, if you want us to reverse the curse, you better go fucking kill this witch and save the, the world or whatever. Reverse the curse of the entire town and the whatever. And so that's your story. You're a young dude who became old and you want to be young again. So you're, you're going through these ruins. Initially, you're just able to jump around. But you will quickly get this shield, which allows you to take on these Pac-Man-like ghosts that come in various colors, like blue, red, and I think there was a purple one. And it just... The jumping itself feels pretty good. It has a nice flat aesthetic I, I kind of like the way it looks visually it's it's simple but pleasant enough to look at but the comet feels terrible the comet feels really bad i do like the conceit of the double jump which is that you you have your shield and to do a double jump i mean to do a double jump you just press the jump button twice but the way the double jump works in the lore of the game is that you have your shield and then you do one jump and then you use your shield to kind of boost upwards. And it's a really neat effect. It looks cool, feels good, and I dig it. It's a, a nice little stamp of their own to put on the double jump mechanic, which I appreciate. But then there are aspects of the platform that really annoy me. One of them being that you can grab onto certain ledges and whatnot that are indicated by like a little strip of white or so. But those are the only ones you can grab onto. Even if a ledge looks grabbable, or even if a, a ledge is 
within range where you could jump up to it and you should be able to grab it. And it is flat. It, it is something that you would be able to grab on hypothetically. You can't unless it has that indicator. And I don't like that at all. It, it just feels like, why? Why? That's all I can say about it is that why? Why are you limiting my abilities here? I mean, I understand why you are limiting my abilities to force me to go to specific things and not make it as open, but it's really frustrating. It's it's more frustrating than I thought it would be. But you're jumping around, you're dealing with trappy things. You'll you'll be in rooms where the floor will alternate between which floor is open or fallen or whatever. So you fall in spikes and bullshit. Uh, it's 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 okay, I guess, but nothing to rush out and play. There are some weird visual glitches, at least in the Xbox One version, which is the one I was playing, where the not the whole screen, but certain pieces of the, the of the geometry would flicker, and they would just lose all their texture, and you'd just see like a bunch of white on the screen or whatever uh, over these certain objects, which was not pleasant to look at it's a a game that i could see some potential in but i i feel like certain design choices have taken away from what could have been a better experience and the the combat which i'm assuming is just going to continue to be a significant part of the game feels really bad it is as not as far from satisfying as you can get but it is definitely uh, compared to a lot of third person action games far from the most satisfying combat to, to go to something that I played through recently, pumpkin Jack, that combat feels significantly better. And the, the combat in Effie is just kind of iffy. <laughs> you see what I did there? Effie, iffy. Anywho, that will do it for this year episode of the pigs, latest sausage podcast. Did it in one try this week. I feel okay about this episode. It's been a, it's been an okay week, even though with all the shenanigans that happening, that happening, that happened, and yeah, I don't know. I feel like I rambled on way too much in the beginning, but you know what? Oh well. Anywho, once again, I am Mark Business. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, PixelatedSausage.com, where you can find this podcast, Attack the Backlog, and unamazingly baka all of which are available on podcast services across the globe you can also check out some of the videos i make over at youtube.com slash pixelated sausage and if you'd like to check out the art i make go back to the site pixelated sausage.com and check it out there if you see something you like you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy and if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way as always Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day, a lovely weekend, and a lovely week. Until I see you again, I won't see you, but I will talk to you on Friday. I won't talk to you directly, but I will be talking into this microphone that I'm very much thinking is you, each and every one of you. That's why my lips are so close to it. I can kiss it. <laughs> That's That is... Not appropriate. I would never do that to any of you. I apologize. Also, I just remembered, I watched like 15 or 20 minutes of the Monster Hunter movie, and that was 15 or 20 minutes of my life that I wasted knowing that I was going to waste them. 
And yeah, I'm not going to watch any more of it. But uh, they did that. Anywho, that is it. That is all. Thank you again. Adios, everyone. Bye.